0: Russell's Reserve aged 10 year
1: Good morning Kyle This is not Russell's Reserve this is Maker's Morgan coming to you live from the basement where we are going to be discussing many things on this morning a morning of retribution A morning of reckoning for many people, including Fox and the WWE, ESPN and the UFC. Streaming services will be talking about potential cuts on the team, as well as potential trades, and the National Football League coming in hot and telling people you will stand for the anthem or you will be excommunicated from the league.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. You know what? I wouldn't even be surprised if that was if I was really talking to Morgan Freeman on here, because there's nothing that guy won't do for a paycheck. There's no voiceover he's above that he'll say no to. Uh how do you feel? How do you feel about the Morgan Freeman news? Are you broken up about this? I, for one, was expecting it. He was on my list. It's not Tom Hanks yet. That's gonna shock the world. Morgan Freeman, not a surprise.
1: I'm devastated. Are you? Yeah, well, I'm, I like Morgan Freeman a lot. My all-time favorite movie, Shawshank Redemption, and so, everyone likes it. So, and then he did the voiceover,
0: and now he's got a career doing I voiceovers. But you won't yeah. find American Express. He played,
1: he played God, Kyle, two times. <laughs> it's like really, I, I don't know. It kind of, uh, it kind of really screws me up in the head. The only thing I think that's ever screwed me up more about a celebrity is uh, so I grew up in the '90s, and the number one show that I would watch as a kid was Full House. And I thought Bob Saget was, like, the greatest dad of all time. He's the all-American dad. Great guy. Great human being. Only to find out, like, once YouTube became a thing, that so Bob Saget is a dirty, raunchy old man. And I yeah. don't. And his brand of comedy is the exact opposite of, of what I expected Danny Tanner to be. So, yeah. DJ, DJ Tanner would not have stood for that.
0: Um Yeah, I think you were looking at it all wrong with Morgan Freeman. To be honest with you, I'm just sad. If you ever watched an interview with him, see here's the thing about Morgan Freeman. He played the state, the stately guy, you know, in the movies. Oh, he's regal. You know, he's got this this air about him, like Meryl Streep and her phony oh me thing, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, when you hear him in an interview, he's kind of a dick. And then over the years. Um, there's, you know, a couple stories where he says things like, you know, kind of off the cuff in an interview and comes across poorly. And didn't he have something with like his like
1: step goddaughter or step, step- granddaughter? Yeah. Step granddaughter or something. He said, yeah.
0: So like, I, I've always felt that the, his, the perception of him never really matched the reality when you actually like listen to him and not, not his voiceovers. So I'm not surprised. Thought he was kind of a dick. He's, he's beloved by everybody, could get away with everything. Uh, I I actually, he was on my list. I have a mental list of, of people I think might be, he's he's on there. Tom Hanks, though, that will shock the world, that my money is still on Tom Hanks. I, I'm Tom waiting, Hanks be, I can't wait for the day. That would be devastating,
1: yeah. I don't know I mean, how it I feel would about it. Remember like George Takei got, a, got accused and everybody just kind of swept that one under the rug? That happened a while ago. Um, yeah. I don't know. Tom Hanks would be absolutely devastating to the American people. It would be... Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that
0: would be the best one. Mo- no, that would be the you know, best one. You
1: know who'd actually... Be- no, Barack Obama would be worse. Ah, uh, like, that's a ta- point. Like, because... Ooh, yeah, Wow. Barack Obama, who, uh, you know, speaking of streaming services, I don't know if you saw that that he and his wife, Michelle, uh, signed a massive deal with Netflix to do all kinds of series and docuseries and documentaries and everything. So, yeah, they they kind of gave off the appearance of... You know, the, the perfect American couple, right? And Ooh, man, man, for all the people who love and idolize the uh the former president, that would be that would be pretty bad. Now Tom Hanks would, would certainly, I think, ruin most people. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else who could who could possibly be more shocking than Tom now, Hanks. Now, honestly
0: I think if if the list if you're doing hierarchy here probably goes Tom Hanks two, Barack Obama one. I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's anyone else in between there who would even warrant, uh, you know, who's that liked and respected.
1: Yeah, I don't like know. Like The Rock. George Clooney?
0: But I, I don't even know. No, I, I, no, you would George almost Clooney, expect I think it George, Yeah,
1: George Clooney, I could totally see it. Um, the Rock it has a very uh, a very high approval rating. That would yeah. be kind of a bummer. I mean, he was yeah, a pro would, wrestler, so
0: you But would, you could see it. He had anger problems in the past. He was a pro wrestler. Like, less surprising with The Rock. 'Cause he did he had like uh some like some real anger issues in college. He's talked about it. And he's in yeah. WWE and all that and you know, I mean, so yeah, it would be disappointing. But I, I still think I still think Hanks and, and Obama would be one too there.
1: I'm just kind of uh I'm waiting to see if anybody else who gets accused uh comes out with a fiery take like uh, Tom Brokaw did. When Tom Brokaw <laughs> got um got accused by by that one woman, he wrote that memo. I think we might have talked about it on here, where he just uh-huh. He he went full scorched earth in a memo to like all of the other people who he'd worked with at what was it NBC CBS yeah, yeah um, strategically and, leaked memo oh my gosh and it was so good I mean there were typos in it but it was so good oh and, it's I mean you and get and the, it was, the it was, impassioned
0: the, middle of the night yeah letter. it was the
1: ultimate clapback where he's like this just simply isn't true I got this woman a job and she never found success and now like and the way that he kind of laid it out like this is something that you know I, I'd be interested to know. From uh, from the people who typically go out and like, yes, you should take people at their word. like I, I do think that is a thing. Um, however, we we don't usually kind of think about the fact that like if somebody's fabricating this, like you've you the way that our culture works right now and the way that social media works, you drag somebody through the mud so much so that it, it will take them years, if ever, to get to get fully clean of it, even assuming, you know,, if they were, in fact, innocent of any of the claims. So I can understand why like Brokaw would, would fight back after that. Um, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's going to be tricky.
0: Yeah. And, and who knows what really happened? But uh, yeah, I think you, you bring up a good point. And this, this is where the, the right wing, right wing Russell shows, shows his face a little bit.
1: Whoa. Whoa. We just a little bit, just that's a little bit of a righty take. And that's fine. I, just, I, I, I happen to
0: agree with everything you just said. So
1: I love everybody. I hate everybody. That's, that's pretty much where I'm at. I'm um, just
0: say, but we put the, uh, it, uh, speaking of right wing Russell, uh, just in case everyone wants to know, in our Slack group the other day, we we charted our political uh, political spectrum of people who work for Crossing Broad. Uh, it, we don't need to go through the whole thing, but know that it, uh, investor Jeff was on the far left, and uh, you and I were you, I, and Kevin, uh, who who you know have three of the bigger active roles in the site, uh, fell right of center. So we should uh, for all those for all those people who uh, call us uh, liberal douches in the comments. Uh, I say cheers. I don't know if I've ever been called
1: that in the comments. Um, That's true. I have. By the way, so uh, speaking of Kevin, so I was listening to uh, the newest It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia, part of the Crossing Broad Podcast Network, and um, he has a segment now where he reads mean comments about soccer uh, on that podcast, he puts a little music to it. It's uh, it's very enjoyable. But there was one comment, Kyle, that had to do with us, and he stopped himself from reading it like partway through because like, oh, this has nothing to do with soccer, and it was, uh, um, Kyle and Russ discuss four words that make me want to vomit. Like that was the comment. I was like, man, that's just, that's just a lot. I wasn't ready for that. I'm not ready what for was, the mean What tweets. were the four words? Oh. No. Oh, the, Kyle and it. Russ discuss like the, the uh, it. the program notes for our episodes. I was like, Tank. I never thought oh, and about then, how that rhymes. Oh, I didn't either. Man, I'm a, how about that? I'm a verbal gymnast. No, but like they. um. Then the person said there should be more soccer and hockey podcasts, which, uh, you know, is obviously just silly because we have two soccer podcasts and one hockey podcast, you know. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Obama, Uh, I think I'm glad that I have now taken the top spot here. Obama would be number one. Tom Hanks, number two. Uh, People listening, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know who you think would be the most uh, earth shattering person to uh, be caught up in some of this. By the way, somebody who had previously gotten caught up and this was Mario Batali who uh, was a co-host of the show, The Chew. And I know that yeah. you were a big Matt Lauer fan. I was always a huge fan of The Chew. My wife and I... I think about art, Lauer every they day. Have, every yeah. day. Uh, the Chew got canceled. And I said to my wife the other day, like... Good, that feel, show sucked. No, it didn't. You just don't know how to cook. So I, uh, show. I I really, I really liked The Chew. They always had some solid recipes. They, like, if you were homesick for a day... They would give you a little bit of inspiration. So they got canceled. Neat. Did and you drive they, the kids to soccer when it was over? Um, too little for that, Kyle. But we do have a little soccer net in the backyard. Uh, so, you know, that that's a thing. But anyway, they got canceled. They never replaced Batali, which I thought was weird because you think that after somebody gets kind of caught up in, in all of this stuff, you would do whatever you can to kind of... Um, I don't know, plaster over them, wallpaper over their memory instead of just like leaving an open void on the show. They went from five co-hosts originally down to three. And then I was like, oh my God, if we went from three co-hosts down to two, what do we do now? What if we're, what if the Crossing Broadcast is like the chew? And I'm like, no, certainly isn't. So
0: we're good. What what if, uh, when you speak of the bro call letter, uh, as far sure. as great letters... On the other end of that, you have Mario Batali's uh, letter that included a recipe for...
1: Cinnamon uh, buns. It was pizza dough bun. cinnamon rolls. Yep. Pizza
0: dough cinnamon rolls, yeah. We're, Excellent.
1: <laughs> yeah our, uh, Excellent. Our group of friends, I, I, I sent it to them, and, uh, and my best friend said, yeah, yeah, guys, uh, Batali's, Batali's uh, letter included the cinnamon rolls recipe, and nobody else had, had seen it. Like, they knew that Batali had gotten caught on something, but they didn't know what, and they're like, no, there's no way a guy would actually, like, in the, in the midst of sexual harassment would put a, uh, a recipe, but Batali did. And I will tell you, I respect I, know, I, I know,
0: respect his dedication to the craft. I, I'm not going to, I lie. know
1: multiple people who made that recipe and said <laughs> it was delicious. So take that.
0: Wonder what the special sauce was
1: probably uh, cinnamon and a, uh, a nice butter. Kyle nailed go it. Go inappropriate. It's a Friday morning. Speaking of, uh, not
0: inappropriate, double, uh, double negative there. Um, we are giving away seven, seven tickets to the Phillies Nationals game uh, on June 30th. It's a 6 o'clock game, a Saturday night. What a perfect time for a game, late Saturday afternoon. It is 6 o'clock because there's uh, Xfinity Fireworks Show number 2 after it. We're giving away 7 tickets to that game. Field level, section 103, row 3, seats 1 through 7. Uh, on crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas, we have pictures of exactly where those seats are. Hint they're uh, right behind the uh, right around the tarp area down the right field line, third row from the field. Seven tickets. All you got to do to enter to win is uh, go to slash Amerigas and you'll have to put in your name and email address. That's it. That's it. If you're already on our email list and you get our emails, do it anyway. Uh, you have to enter this uh, separately. So, uh, so, yeah, that, that's literally all you got to do to eat, to enter. So do it. Um, you're only competing with people from Crossing Broad. This isn't like some, you know, massive Amerigas promotion that's going everywhere. It's specifically for the Crossing Broad audience. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are entering, but it's not like you have, like, you know, a one in a million chance either. There's, there's a reasonable chance to win here. So um, we will pick the winner. Uh, I did successfully get Sales Guy Kurt to move up the pick date from June 27th to one week earlier. So it actually, I believe, will now be chosen before Father's Day, like three days before Father's Day and a whole 10 10 or so days before the game. So we will will update that date on the website. It'll most likely be somewhere around June 20th, uh, which happens to be my wedding anniversary, which is when we will choose the... uh, we will choose the winner. So uh, go. You still got plenty of time to enter, but make sure you do it now. Please only one entry. Uh, we've had people put in like 10 times. All we do is scrub the list uh, for duplicates, so you're not doing yourself any favor. And you might piss us off so much that we might accidentally delete your name. <laughs>
1: I won't do I'm, that. Ju- I'm just kidding. I'm going to be kidding. the one to go here. back over these lists, and it's going to be great. Yep.
0: Yeah, so Russ will be handling that. Uh, we will be choosing at random. Don't try and suck up the Russ. Uh, every time we do this... Well, i'll always get tweets or people in the columns will when you did an age column a few weeks ago you left it as like a full-on like text field so yeah, i didn't know some how, people how know how to it was make actually it funny
1: small... <laughs> to make it small, I, I,
0: I might want to uh i might want to keep doing this because uh, you know some most people just put their age in but some people wrote it out like 22 um other people just wrote things other people put please oh, i would love to take my son to the game um so I, I appreciated the inventiveness of that. We got a couple of uh, vulgar, vulgar drops in there, but it was good. That was the most entertaining. Yeah.
1: We got some ropes comments. Yeah, that was a lot.
0: Yeah. Thick ropes. Um yep. But uh, yeah. So Wait, uh, speaking,
1: d- speaking of, th- mm. of uh, thick ropes, I want to put this out to the people who are listening who happened to obviously read the website. I just want to know... R- Real quick, before you move what? on, uh,
0: thanks to our friends before oh, yeah. before we get weird. Uh, thank you, thanks Amerigas. to our friends at Amerigas, uh, the nation's number one propane provider available
1: at Russell. Over 55,000 stores world, uh, nationwide. I don't you know about worldwide, right. but definitely nationwide, including locally right. at 7-Eleven and Home Depot.
0: Yep. Uh, so Amerigas speaking of thick Propane ropes. Ex- Exchange. They are responsible for this, so thank you
1: to them. I bet you Home Depot sells ropes. Uh, anyway... Uh, I just want to know from the people, because this is a thing that comes up in Slack a lot. Uh, if you're listening, give us a little bit of feedback uh, on Twitter. I don't know how Kyle's going to feel about me asking this to the people, but uh, I just want to know, when you read the comment section, do you actually laugh at the people who like post the same stupid, inane stuff all the time? Or would you prefer to actually, like, I don't know, have comments that, that are like related to the story, and like some actual dialogue going back and forth between you and the person who writes the post. I'm just wondering, we've talked about it in Slack and, you know, I don't exactly know like we're not going to put a post that has a poll for that, but uh, anybody who's listening who wants to give us feedback feel free. I'll be
0: honest. I'll be honest here and I'll go full heel. I I don't mind the, the nasty comments. And it's it's tough because I've, you know, talked to a number of people over the years who read the site, who are occasionally the subject of those comments, and and I get that, Um, you know, I'm the subject more than anybody, but I subject myself to it, because it is, you know, our site. Um, I really don't, I don't mind them. I've talked to Kurt about this, because for advertiser purposes, especially on promoted posts, we turn them off, because it's not fair uh, to someone who's paying to sponsor us. Um you know, someone who's paying the sponsor us to have to deal with that below their message. So I totally get all that stuff. But, you know, I generally find them funny. Um, Jeff, Mike, and I uh, talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I know Kevin gets real broken. <laughs> Kevin Kevin is on a war path against the commenters right now, uh, which I probably shouldn't even say because that's like just adding fuel to the fire. But um, I don't know. I just I tend to laugh at just about all of them. And when I occasionally do go back and forth, for me, it's always the ones that are like, I just feel wrong. Like, you know, someone will say something, oh, you didn't write that post because you were out, you know, golfing because you don't give a shit, you know, stuff like that. Um, those are the ones that piss me off when they're just rooted in
1: inaccuracy. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I like the idea. Like, there, there have been a couple of posts that I've done where people have kind of gone back and forth with me in the comments about, you know, a, a trade proposal or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, I was going to do one uh, about one of the things I want to touch on really quick, but, um. Uh, like I don't know. I, I, I kind of wish sometimes um, I wonder if people would generally comment on the site, but they don't because they just don't want to deal with the trolls and like maybe that's a thing I don't know. I really don't know. Um, one real quick thing before we get into like a bigger topic. there was a um, there was a discussion I think it was with uh, Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons on I want to say Bill Simmons podcast or maybe it was low post. It was one or the other. Um, one of the hypotheticals that they had brought up, was the potential of trading Markel Fultz and either Dario Saric or the number 10 pick to Portland for CJ McCollum, uh, CJ McCollum, who went to Lehigh University, uh, a very good guard. And I, I'm kind of wondering, and I, I thought about just putting a post out there just to see what people would say in the comments, but um, I, th- I think it's an interesting trade. There was a there was one that Kevin kind of wrote up about that I think was certainly in jest about trading Fultz and a first round pick for Matthew Dellavedova and another pick. Um, I, I like the idea of adding CJ McCollum. He's only 26. He's a good shooter. He's a good playmaker. Um, and I I think you really do have to decide at some point if you're the Sixers. And I know it always sounds premature to say it, but at some point you kind of have to figure out what you have in Fultz, And if if you have been around him all season and you've watched his hard work and dedication, and you're and you're pretty sure that he's going to be back to you know somewhat close to his normal form next year, then. Obviously, it's a it's a bad trade, especially to throw in another asset. But if you're looking at this and you're saying, like, we really think the kid is a head case and we don't know if he's ever going to become anything. CJ McCollum is still young. He's still relatively affordable. Uh, He's got some local ties. And ultimately, to me, he's kind of the guy that you hope Fultz would become. I mean, obviously, he's a little bit older, um, but he's he's somebody that I would at least be interested in. Uh, I certainly would not want to trade him or trade for him uh, using Dario. I wouldn't mind trading some package that involves Robert Covington just to clear Covington's money off the books so you can really, you know, clear up max salary space for LeBron or for the summer of 19 when, you know, either Kawhi or Klay Thompson are available. Um, I think CJ McCollum would kind of uh, polish this, this roster off a lot. And if you've cleared Covington's money, it would probably also give you the potential to bring back J.J. Reddick or, like I mentioned, to bring in LeBron with a, you know, a, a more fully fleshed-out kind of uh, starting five for next year or so. Uh,
0: yeah, I, don't, I I really like McCollum a lot. Uh, I'd be thrilled to have him on the Sixers in some capacity. I'm not ready to pull the ripcord on Fultz yet. Um, I just, I, you know, you say you'd like him to become McCollum. I'd like him to become much better than a McCollum. His ceiling is much higher um, you know whether or not he remembers how to shoot and all that. You know who knows, but I still think you got to give it another year and see. Um, it's really rare. It's really rare. Um, you know, this isn't Bennett. It's really rare for a guy to become a number one pick and just flat out stink. Oftentimes, there's injury concerns, which there was this year. But I, no one is doubting his physical abilities, his athleticism, uh, his unique skill set. Again, assuming he could shoot. So I just think there's too much there to, to cut bait, especially after you had him basically on the bench the whole year and having a quote-unquote shoulder injury. So who knows? Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do that. I, I keep faults around unless it's like really a spectacular deal, which is you know probably not going to happen given the season that he had. Um,
1: yeah. Kawhi. I trade him for Kawhi. That's part yeah, of Fair. Fair, but, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, is that going to get it done? I, right. Well, I mean, as as part of it, yeah. I mean that that was you know we've we've kind of gone back and forth about this a lot. It's been on the site, but let me yeah. um. So three
0: um three WIP related topics. One, I, okay. I I don't know how we missed this the other day, and this this is a mandatory goes on site today. Angelo Cataldi, I guess, was in the hospital for a little while. Yeah. Um, he received flowers while he was
1: in the hospital. Were they black roses from Josh Ennis? Who do you think sent him a bouquet of flowers? Should I know? Um, tell me, Mike Mazzanelli.
0: No, but no, that's a good guess. Good guess, but no, not Mike. Is it somebody from ninety-seven-five? Uh, no, it is. It is a Philly sports professional. Give me Beautiful a bouquet. Uh, Brett Brown. No, close.
1: Brian Colangelo.
0: Mm. Embiid. How about ben Simmons? How about no? As soon as you find out, you're gonna laugh.
1: Gabe Kapler. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, Angel, I don't know
0: how I missed this. Angelo tweets the other day. I received only one bouquet of flowers in the aftermath of my serious hospitalization. Only, only.
1: To, he's complaining to, that he got flowers. Well, no, but not I, I think
0: what he's pointing out is okay, Yo, I'm, sorry, like a, I'm like a I'm like a 65 year old man. People typically don't send me flowers. Um, I received only one bouquet of flowers in the aftermath of my serious hospitalization two weeks ago. They came from Philly's manager and good pal Gabe Kapler. Your thoughts? I, wow! 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 Gabe's a weird dude, man. Gabe's a weird dude. They're wrapped in like, I mean, they're just nice flowers. They got yellow ones and orange ones, or some pink and purple. <laughs> like,
1: who sends a flowers? I just dude wanted flowers? you to know when you woke up that I was feeling real conviction in sending you these flowers. They're really nice flowers. They're going to bring you back. They're going to attract bees. There's going to be pollen, and it's going to bring you back to life. Photosynthesize your heart back to place. Like, I don't know. That's weird, but it's okay. Um,
0: The reason I was digging around Angelo's timeline is because last night he has um, probably not handled the anthem topic gracefully. Um, Tweets last night, Now at at risk of, of pissing people off here. Uh, I'm not I'm not choosing a stance here. I'm just going to read his uh, 180 uh, in the span of, like, 12 hours. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but NFL owners got it right. NFL owners made a business decision. Anthem protests were turning off the fans, so the owners stopped them. Can we get back to football now? Um, this morning, I was wrong. You were right. My endorsement of the NFL owners' new anthem policy yesterday was stupid. Roger Goodell said the vote was unanimous. There was no actual vote. The owners are wrong to stifle protests, and I was wrong to support them. Uh... It's it sounds like the Twitter social justice warriors got to uh, Angelo, and in a big way. Uh, if you read the comments on his thing, a lot of people do agree with him, and then there's a lot of uh, shaming for how dare he uh, sort of takes and uh, a lot. Holy crap, a lot. So uh, he 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 caved. He caved. Um, yeah. So I will let me say this real quick about his his first part. I actually, um, you know, I. I I agree. I agree with the fact that it's a business decision and, you know, it's easy to sit here and say, okay, you know, they should, you know, give players a voice. And they should. I think the NBA has done everything they should do here and they've handled it correctly. Um, And they are so much more with it in almost every regard than the NFL. It's frightening. Like it seems, it seems Roger Goodell is actively working against the NFL's own interests and the league – continued for five years to soar on you know the backs of the quality of the sport and tv deals and i would argue very little that roger goodell has really done and now it's going to continue to soar thanks to legalized sports gambling again in the face of what goodell you know whether or not the nfl actually does want gambling which they most likely do the way they've publicly handled it and you know the lack of endorsement and uh their reluctance with this Everything it seems like that happens to the NFL is in spite of Goodell. So I think they've handled this poorly. I think the NBA has done it right. You you, you let people do what they want to do. Um, yes, basketball fans are going to be more amenable in in general to those sorts of um, actions and the you know I can't breathe shirts, the LeBron wear. But you do it, you don't make a big deal of it, and then people move on and forget about it. And whether they agreed with it or not, it's not a topic. But the NFL continuously. Being so awkward about these things, this is where it's an issue. So I, I agree that it's a business decision, and it is there. You know, look, if I'm an NFL owner and it is actually affecting my my pocketbook, which I'm, I really don't think that it is in any major way, um, then yeah, it's, it's your right to to put rules. It's not you know, it's not a democracy. It's a it's a for profit business, the NFL. However, um, you know, when he says, "Can we get back to football now?" No, you can't because you just made it a thing again. It was going away. No one talked about it. The Eagles, who were, yes, they weren't kneeling, but the, you know they had two very outspoken players, won the Super Bowl. And I don't recall it being an issue at all throughout the, the playoffs. <laughs> Or anybody even talking about it. And by the time the Super Bowl rolled around, it seemed like, you know what, football's back, we've gotten past all this, you know, there, there are people who want to make their voice heard, there are people who want to stand for the anthem, and we've moved on. And now in the middle of the summer, I don't know if it, so the NFL can keep their name in the news or what, um, you're already going to have some, some controversy around the Eagles and the White House visit and all of that. But in the middle of the summer, or you know, the, the off season, the NFL's got to come out and and put out this ridiculous statement, and it's like, just get out of your own way, just stop. No one, no one was on it anymore.
1: Like, so there's there's one thing that I kind of disagree with you on with the NBA and the NFL. The NBA was really lucky that LeBron James decided to to come out before the season and say that he was going to stand for the anthem, because they they very likely could have had an issue on their hands. But when you have the the greatest player in the game. Going out and saying that that he's going to stand. I mean, everybody else is going to fall in line. So that that's one thing. The other thing uh, with the NBA is it's part of the the player code of conduct. Um, that was something that the NFL did not negotiate under their to their CBA with the players. And so you know I I understand why they have to throw this policy out there now. But like you know it's not like the the NBA is is unified just because you know nobody wanted to protest. It's because it's it's part of the of a player's. Um, contract as per their CBA is that they have to stand for the national anthem they have to be on the court and stand It was something that I think had gotten brought up probably the last time that this was a a massive hot button issue um, I don't know like four months ago or something like that it, it came up or maybe it was right before the NBA season it, it was it was brought up once before on this podcast um, the the NBA is certainly more progressive as a league but you know again they had that already negotiated between the players in the league uh, the NFL the one thing that that is strange to me is, were you saying that Goodell said that it was a unanimous vote? Because if it is, then I want to understand why the New York Jets owner decided, you know, he's going to vote for it. But then he also said that he's going to pay for everyone's fines. So that's, he's going to play for his own, he's going to pay for his players. fines. That
0: was, that was Angelo saying that, um, I'm just going through now. Um, looks like this may have been news somewhat last night. Um, uh, Jed York uh, tells reporters the 49ers abstained from the vote. Goodell said all 32 teams were in agreement. Here's a report: Roger Goodell lied about there being an unanimous vote. He lied about there being a vote at all. Uh, I'm trying to see where the story is, but apparently uh, there was some sort of news last night which I have missed. That yeah, uh, here you know. it's from Deadspin, uh, and and this is a oh, topic oh. here Deadspin uh, naturally um, with this old picture Roger Goodell where he looks uh, the like a psycho. Uh bah, 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 bah. NFL owners didn't actually vote on the national anthem policy. So there you go. That is right. from Deadspin. Um do you have do you have time to discuss Deadspin? Yeah. You you have to jet.
1: No, we, we could we
0: could do it. So, um it'll just go up tonight. Okay. So okay. I am yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm not sure here uh how many people uh, we're, we're keeping up on this. But uh, Phil wrote a really good piece for the site the other day about um, the fall of Deadspin from, um, you know, used to be fun sports site. And I requested this piece from somebody, so I'm in full agreement with this stance here. Um, I don't know, if, if if you didn't read, Deadspin wrote a piece about PFT Commenter uh, from Barstool. And, you know, we've had our, our digs at Barstool here, usually uh, mostly because of shirt-related stuff. Uh, There's a lawyer involved and all that because they straight-up stole our Philly Special shirt. However, uh, I typically fall on their side when people criticize them for, you know, you name it. Um, You know, they do some things where they cross the line, definitely, and are rightfully criticized. And I think, um, you know, their CEO, uh, Eric Nardini, is often uh, loves, loves the fact that she gets as much attention as she does and doesn't say no to an interview and gives the same spiel everywhere uh, she goes about how, you know, they are apparently the only people on earth who understand how to make money on the internet, which is which is inaccurate and disingenuous and self-serving and all that. Um, her being a female also allows them to deflect a lot of the criticism of, of their content. So there's a lot of hypocrisy there and um, whatever. But I generally feel like the people who criticize them just turn out to be, wholly jealous of their success and wholly don't get the fact that the average sports fan who goes on the internet who's got 10 minute bursts during a work day or during class or sitting on the toilet wants to be entertained and read something light and funny and not go down a you know a, a rabbit hole of, of in-depth serious content sports are an escape and they do that really well i think we do it well across crossing broad it's different but well deadspin used to be that site back you know certainly. 10 years ago, that was them. I mean they were they were gruff,, um, sophomoric, but it was fun. like they defined a whole generation of internet sports coverage. And over the years, um, they've got they got bigger, 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 uh, started with Will Leach, who's now become a genuine quality and real writer, and then AJ Delario, and I think he really took that site to the next level and pushed the boundaries uh, to the point where it got you know him and them sued by Hulk Hogan and Gawker uh, has since you know basically been put out of existence, and they are now owned by Univision. So it, they went too far, but it was still a good site. There, if it wasn't the the gruff and funny stuff, then it was actual quality journalism that was almost you know had a shock value to it what Delario was doing since then in recent years it has become a like a far left brooklyn new york influenced hipster site that almost seems to have a disdain for sports and hates anything and everything that is about the way things used to be or guy culture or any of that stuff and this woman i forget her name and honestly it doesn't really matter has a bone to pick with barstool over the years, and she's written things about them, and the barstool crowd has come after her. Laura Wagner, Laura Wagner, Laura Wagner is her name, yeah. From the college, she went to Georgetown, and was a college Democrat, just to give you an idea. The type of people that are writing for Deadspin now, um, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you just you know.
1: triggered Jeff, by the way. Jeff is going to be listening, and <sighs> The fact that you threw out the idea that Democrat and a negative way. He's no, 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 no. It's not, triggered but- because I pointed this out.
0: But, I mean, this is, you know, they they employ the the hipster Brooklyn community now to write about sports, which is fine, but that's not what the site used to be. You know, that's honestly what SB Nation should be for. Um, you know, Deadspin used to be fun. They used to understand the fact that guys like, you know, guys and girls alike, but, you know, they, they cater to their audience, male sports fans. It was fun. It was good. There was quality stuff, and they they've just gone in the other direction, and they hate everything now. And she wrote this piece about PFT commenter that was so absurd because he's universally well liked he's talented he's funny uh him and big cat are by far two of the most successful products that come out of barstool and could could, will can and will succeed if they decide to move on elsewhere and there's um plenty of of positive things written about them rolling stones written about them so i guess there was an article in the washington post uh, about pft he's from the area i know he's a caps fan at least i think he's from washington or baltimore um You know, and they they kept up with his shtick. They didn't use his name. You know, they allowed him to kind of go in and out of character, Um, you know, and it was a fawning profile. And her whole claim is, you know, Barstool uses PFT as a shield to deflect against the fact that, you know, they're sexist and racist and homophobic and all this stuff. And because he makes fun of the dim-witted, dumbass, you know, lunkhead sports fan, um, It's easy for Barstool to hide behind that and say, oh, you know, all the crazy stuff we say is just a joke, and they use him as a way to do that. And, I mean, she went on and on about this to the point where you're like, okay, wow, we're about to find—I was reading it as if she was going to get to some truth she uncovered about him because it was all about his hidden identity. And I thought we were going to get to some truth about him doing something in his past that made him out to be a, a scumbag or whatever. It just never came. It was just her railing on the fact that he doesn't cop to, you know, Barstool's missteps and Barstool uses him, him as, you know, to, to cover over the, the, the negative stuff they write. And it was just absurd. Like, there was no point to it. It was cl- clearly an axe to grind. It was reach like, I've never seen such a heroic internet reach before to, f- to extract something that simply wasn't there. And her conclusion wasn't even that he was a bad guy. It was just that, like, he should—I don't know—apologize for what Barstool write. Like, I don't even know what her point was. Um, and sadly, it's become the um, it's become the sort of uh, uh, I don't know, like the the holy grail of Deadspin right now is to write these kinds of pieces. And it completely they completely miss what was great about the site, what was fun about sports. And the fact that, you know, everyone likes PFT, even if you hate Barstool. And it's really, really hypocritical of an outlet that, you know, uh, had Dick Joke Jamboree and Drew McGarry, people, you know, things that I liked, by the way, and I'm not criticizing at all, but it's really tough for someone to come out, you know, from Deadspin of all places where, uh, you know, McGarry has a spot in the masthead still uh, and claim that, you know, they use, um, you know, one person shouldn't be shielded from the work of the product as a whole. Um, that's kind of like wholly, you know, pot calling the kettle black sort of thing. Even if, even if they have changed their uh, their whole thing, like you know, she has a job because of what Deadspin used to do, which I guarantee you is things she would look down upon. You know, it's it's just it was hypocritical, but even more so, just like wholly unfair and poorly written.
1: Yeah, and Phil's Phil's right up on it, I think, did a really good job of just kind kind of tying a bow on the whole thing, so uh, go check that out on the the site Um, there was only one other thing, because I don't really have a feeling on that Um, the only other thing that I wanted to kind of follow up on is the last episode we talked about the fact that Fox and WWE had come to a $2 billion agreement and then right on the heels of that um, ESPN announced that they agreed to a $1.5 billion deal with UFC the interesting thing of of this deal to me is they're going to do 30 UFC fight nights uh, through the ESPN networks however only 10 of them are going to be available on cable 20 of the 30 fight nights that they're paying for are going to be exclusively on ESPN plus I don't like it I guess this is their kind of uh, a way for them to try to force people to go to uh, to subscribe to ESPN plus I think it's like five dollars a month or something uh, and I guess they're hoping that they're going to get all the MMA fans to uh, to go on to this premium site but I don't like it at all, and I think it's actually a waste of money. Like, to some extent, I think that they would have been better served, you know, really making it a focal point of of ESPN going forward. I know that ABC certainly wasn't going to want to air it, or, or Disney wouldn't want to put it on ABC. Violence and, and you know, Mickey Mouse, you know, don't go too well. Um, however, I just don't understand the the model here, because, I like, I don't know... The way that ESPN Plus is kind of being pushed as this place where like all the real good content is going to go. There's that detail series that Kobe does, where he breaks down all of the uh, the most recent NBA games, and he does it with a with a lot of great insight. I mean, I, I watched a I think it was a six minute preview about Jason Tatum and about mm-hmm. the way that you know he's finding pockets in in the Cleveland defense. It, it is very insightful. But my argument would be, you've got ESPN and ESPN two. Why is none of this content featured on these networks and why why is it that it took until you started a you know a, a streaming service that's a an extra pay per month to put any of this good content out like what again th- this kind of comes back to people feel like espn has gotten watered down over the years and you know i'm looking at some of the content that they're rolling out and some of the niche stuff like there's hockey stuff phil and i have talked about the fact that espn fc moved over to this this streaming service as well but like all this good content that they could have been filling out the network for. Uh, or with, they they chose to put on this streaming service. I'm not going to uh, pay for it. Le, well, let me if, let me answer. I don't know how many people are going to want to pay for it.
0: Let me answer the question you're posing. That that's the exact reason it's on the streaming service. So it will compel people to pay. If you don't have good content there, then nobody's going to pay for it. Um, so I, it's look, it's a philosophical question. You know, do you want to take this and put it on your, you know, c- quote unquote free cable network, which is really not free, but you know, you get the point. Uh, or do you want to put it on this streaming service you're trying to launch where you're trying to get subscriptions? ESPN Plus is interesting. Disney is coming out with their own streaming service where you know they had a lot of their properties. I know right now, like Finding Dory's on Netflix and all that, they're going to be taking all of their content and putting it in their own streaming service. Uh, ESPN is doing the same thing with ESPN Plus, though they're not putting everything there. They're mostly putting stuff that would have previously have been on ESPN 3, Um, you know, or whatever it was when it was streaming, whatever they called it. I know the names changed a few times. Um, Where it's going to be fringe sports, smaller college leagues, uh, I guess lots of, you know, soccer, tennis, uh, I don't know, you know, things that normally wouldn't be on ESPN proper. And at first, that's kind of a curious decision. It's like, all right, how are you going to get people to pay for a streaming service if it doesn't have any of the big events and all of that? And I think they're thinking... The opposite about this is that we're going to feature niche things, the people of, you know, fans of small mid major college teams or, you know, lesser watch sports. Or I think they're putting, is it like like La Liga or something on there? I feel like they have some sort of soccer rights that they're putting on there. I, I probably got that wrong. I don't wrong. know I what rights they Liga. have. I don't think it's, no, I can't imagine that being La Liga. But they're, they're, they're trying to find these pockets, you know, so to speak where you're going to have people who pay. Like, so, okay, oh, man, I really want to watch the, uh, you know, my Louisiana Tech basketball team, just using a name. Fine, I'll, I'll subscribe to this. And if they get enough of those pockets, it can be successful. The other thing they're trying to do is put quality original content. You know, look, Netflix has great programming, and we have to pay to watch it. But if ESPN has enough of these, you know, uh, quote-unquote great content, like this Kobe thing, which I haven't seen, though I take your That's word for good. it and I've heard yeah. that it's very good, Um, You know, you might be compelled to pay for it. So I think that's the reasoning there. The other thing is, you know, they don't want to go full into the streaming packages because that could really impact their business overall. So I think they're trying to dip their toe into it and slowly see how, you know, how this shakes out. But I actually think ESPN Plus is poised to be pretty successful now because with the legalization of sports gambling it really doesn't matter you know if the games quote unquote matter if they're between two of the best teams if they're high level D1 teams betting on a mid major betting on you know two last place NHL teams is more or less the same as betting on the game of the week or Sunday night football so i think espn plus just creates more opportunities for people to not only bet but also probably bet on games where the line isn't quite as defined and probably well honed. And I think you'll see the gambling will actually help something like ESPN plus succeed because it's just going to give you more sports to watch and, and probably better chances to win if you're betting on them, because you know, the lines tend to be a little bit more flimsy in in those, you know, like lesser, lesser action games. So it's interesting what they're doing. I still think creating all this separation in streaming services is really gonna require an aggregator to come in and aggregate all of them into a boom you know what appears to be a cable package and that's why i'm so yeah. uh, i'm so high on youtube tv it's awesome and I'm, I'm, I'm very close to cutting the
1: cord all right well um last night golden state houston uh houston won so that now means that lebron james and the golden state warriors are behind two uh three to two in each of their respective series i think it's 1959 is the last time that Two conference finals have gone to a game seven, and I'm kind of expecting that uh, coming up over the weekend. As well as Saturday, there is a Champions League final, Real Madrid and Liverpool. Your prediction, Kyle?
0: (sighs) Uh, It's got to be Real Madrid. I can't imagine Liverpool has the firepower to uh, match with them.
1: Dang, look at you. All right, that's actually pretty good. Uh, All right, so uh, Friday episode uh, going up. At, at in the evening, sorry, we had more topics to discuss and not enough time to post in the morning. Anyway, uh, much appreciation to everybody who listens. Uh, don't forget to go check out the other shows. Hey, so side note, Bro- can I? Uh, what What are you going to give I, me the I Warriors at to, the to win the series? Like plus one hundred? I don't know. I, don't know. Minus I need to. I need to read the upcoming Crossing Broad Gambling Guide. Um, see that? See that? That's that's promotion. Um, go Go check out the other shows on the Crossing Broad Podcast Network, including Crossed Up, Snow the goalie. Crossing Broad FC, and it's always Soccer in Philadelphia. New episodes have gone out all week. I think a Snow the Goalie is going to be going out in the next day or so. Every other show has put out a new show this week. So go subscribe to those, leave five-star reviews and ratings and all that. Tell some friends and uh, continue to uh, help our listener numbers jump. If you're interested in advertising on the Crossing Broad Podcast Network, don't, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to Kyle or me, and we will uh, get you pointed in the right direction until Monday. I'm Russ at Joy On Broad. That's Kyle at Crossing Broad. We'll talk to you again on Monday.